In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... Brought to you by the letter Z, Landon Collins, and Jamatria. Welcome in to episode 26 of The Gospel Friends. I'm Emmanuel. I'm Nick. And I'm Chase, and no David this week, so I get to uh, kick us off with the uh, brought to you by section. The letter Z, 26th letter of the alphabet. Dang. Okay, I'm going, <laughs> what? Z is something entirely different. I've always heard it correspond with zero. Oh, well, Zed, Z. I prefer Zed for our British Ooh, friends. There you go. I love Zed. Landon Collins, Younger the friend. all-star safety for Alabama, and Gematria, which, uh, Emmanuel, you might know a little bit about as a seminary graduate, uh, depending on which seminary you went to, um, Hebrew num- numerology, which indicates that uh, the number of the letters of God's name, Yahweh, is 26. So how about that? All right, I officially have my nerd quotient for the day. The I guess so. Grammaton. I hope you're not at your nerd quotient for the day, by the way, because I'm pretty sure it's going to overflow. You know, just as we go through the show. <laughs> well, if you if you want to tell us about your nerd quotient or you know add more to the 26 lexicon there, um, feel free to hit us up on social media. You've got uh, Twitter on at my gospel friends. Manuel sitting here staring at me, so I'm trying to not say the Twitter. I appreciate um, it. Yeah, it, look, it, I fumbled it. Um, at my gospel friends on Twitter, um, I'm going to let Emmanuel tell you about the Hall of Dogma in a minute, but you can get to that at facebook.com slash group slash Hall of Dogma. Um, we've got a regular Facebook page that tells you about the show, but the Hall of Dogma is, is where the discussion happens. Uh, voicemail, you can leave us two ways, 205-575-9735 or uh, SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slash the gospel friends if long distance is a problem, either domestically or internationally. Um, but Emmanuel, give, give the give the audience today, if they're, if they're not familiar with the show, a good grasp of what exactly the Hall of Dogma is. The Hall of Dogma is uh, where we discuss uh, topics that you guys have, have brought up on the show. Uh, topics not related to the show at all. Um, sometimes not at all. <laughs> but there's 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 deep theological discussion. Yep. There's shallow uh, theological discussion. <laughs> Indeed, uh, we have a lot of fun. We make fun of uh, Chase, David, and Nick. Yes, uh, right. uh, and the and the and the fun thing is that we could discuss uh, a lot of topics, but it always stays respectful uh, when people disagree. So it's really a good place to come and and uh, I guess you know share your opinion without. A fear of retribution. So yeah, uh, one, one kind of programming note about that. Um, we mentioned it in the hall, but if if you have been watching the hall before and now are not able to, um, there was a little bit of oh wow, oops about the hall. Um, we wanted it to be a place where people could could come and just feel like they could discuss, um, but. There was an expectation of privacy about some of the members, and when we set it up, we realized. Members had to be approved, so we didn't think about it because we can all see it because we're members. Right. And it was pointed out to us that non-members could see the hall. My, w- my wife actually figured that out. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Good um, sleuthing was, work there. She was laughing at a at a picture of one Nick getting ready to do the uh, show info. <laughs> and she was like, what is this? I was like, are you in the hall? And she was like, no, I'm not in the hall. 
like, how can you see that? And she's like, well, I, you know, you tagged people in it, and I could see. And it was, it was just a, it was just something we missed because once we're members, we don't see what it looks like to outsiders, exactly. and we just never thought to check it. And so, yeah. if you are listening to the show and want to join the hall, request membership, and someone will add you. It's yes. It's, and by the way, this is a Facebook group. Facebook, correct. So what you would have to do to find the Hall of Dogma is just go to Facebook and type yeah. in Hall of Dogma. You in have there. to ask to get in. And yeah, and that what that would do before is. You couldn't post or comment yeah. without joining. Uh, now you have to join to see any content. And that is and that is because we, we do have some discussions, and sometimes people kind of open up on their backgrounds or things like that. People add prayer requests. And so we do want a, d- a degree of, of kind of wall there. But if you ask for membership, it will be granted until you give us a reason to remove membership. And so Which far, by the grace of God, yet. has not happened. So, And anybody can let you in. Uh, yes, any member can let anybody in. And, and I'm, a, I'm a little concerned personally. I, we don't want it to come across is like an elitist type group. Uh, But at the same time, like you guys said, it it needs to be a place where you can feel fairly secure in you sharing things and not everybody in the world seeing it. So that's why we flipped the switch to make it more of a private group. Uh, We do not want to exclude. In fact, if you're listening to this and if you like this podcast at all, you really will love the Hall of Dogma. It is a fun and uh, really kind of – it's becoming kind of a caring community. Uh, One of the things I think is really cool is – Emmanuel, I know you're not on Twitter, but even on Facebook, a lot of the people that listen to the show and that are in the Hall of Dogma – and are on Twitter, follow each other. If you ever go look at some mm-hmm. of the people we mention on the show, uh, you will see that they're becoming friends with each other. They're talking to each other about you know nothing to do with the show. It's becoming a community, and that's, mm-hmm. that's really exciting to me. Yep, I love yep. it. And one last thing, I just want to apologize to Nick for uh, for, that, for that picture. I meant to make fun of you in private. Um, I did not know I was making fun of you in public. It's uh, okay. Look, I make fun of myself in public enough. We'll, so we'll call this one Somewhere even. there's a picture of you in a smoking jacket just floating around the web. <laughs> that was a great picture, and, by and the way. And you're going to be applying for a job somewhere. <laughs> and, <laughs> and somebody's going to see you holding this pipe in a smoking jacket. Hopefully I'll, now that the group's closed, it'll... <laughs> Uh, hopefully that'll help. But you do work for a Fortune 500 company, yeah, let's which keep will talking about remain it. nameless yeah. uh, for now. Yeah. So uh, let's what's, keep on, what's on tap? Other than costing Nick his job, yeah, what's, right. on, what's on tap today, guys? Um, I've actually – my wife uh, – Pointed this video out. It's another Facebook group. Um, she's a part of the church. She um, was a part of growing up as part of a network of churches um, that uh, relied on the teachings of a man named Hobart Freeman and someone from the the uh, um, one of the other churches put a video on Facebook about that. And you guys have seen that. We're going to talk about that a little bit. So maybe growing up cult. We'll we'll let that uh, let the reader <laughs> we'll let decide. You, yeah, let the okay. reader decide. Emmanuel, what about you? Uh, I'm going to talk about a. A John MacArthur tweet uh, about expository preaching. Which sounds good. We got a lot of preachers in the audience, so I know they're excited about this one. And by the way, that sounds actually for, at first blush that might sound the slightest bit boring, but it's actually I think going to be a pretty fascinating conversation. How should we preach? Should we preach word for word from the scripture, topics, or whatever? It is. It is a hotly debated. Topic. And I have the totally uncontroversial topic of whether churches should have female pastors or not. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? Nothing whatsoever. It's going to be fine, and everybody's going to listen and be happy and agree 100%. I'm sure of it because I have faith. 
Really? We're going to do that already? <laughs> Just getting warmed that's up. A, that's a tease for later in the show. So with it being the week it is um, in America, uh, this is uh, this is Thanksgiving week. This Thursday we celebrate Thanksgiving. Hooray. Hooray. And so what, what do you guys do special around the holidays for Thanksgiving, Chase? We get fat, <laughs> like most Americans. <laughs> Um, uh, we are traveling up to Knoxville, Tennessee. Nice. So if you're out there and you're a supervillain and you're looking to knock me off, well, that's where I'll be. Just you got to find me somewhere in Knoxville. I wasn't saying um, your specific plans. I oh, I'm sorry. I was, I was about to get the custom. address. Now, every other year we <laughs> split time between uh, well, three o'clock to seven o'clock. Yes, right. We'll be at- we split time between my family and my wife's family, okay. and I have been going up to Knoxville every other year since uh, since for for twenty years, since oh, wow. well before we got engaged. And I feel like the people that we hang out up there they're part of our family. They treat us just wonderfully. Um, I can't wait. Love Knoxville. Uh, don't love their football team. No offense, but uh, love the place. Love wow. the people. And and we just go and hang out with family and play football and eat and. Get like fat. said, get fat. There you go. Emmanuel, what's your big – well, look, I, I didn't grow up doing a, uh, a lot of big family stuff. On We didn't do holidays okay. like that. Um, we celebrated, but we didn't make big deals out sure. of holidays or birthdays. Uh, so for the last couple of years, I, my uh, Thanksgiving tradition has been I sit at home and I eat a mac rib. Okay. And and watch football. Not the Mr. Ed edition, I take it. No, it's, okay. it's, 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 it's you know, McDonald's. Pork product sandwich for those international listeners who uh, have uh, you know countries have higher food standards. They probably <laughs> have never seen a mac rib. And you may want to say thank you to someone, but it is, it is disgusting and it is it is awesome. They the are they time. are a fine tasting sandwich. <laughs> yes. They look gross. They you feel gross. But you don't want to know what's in it. <laughs> no, you know, not a bit. That's Just, most things at McDonald's. And uh, scrape the sauce off, and it's going to scare you. But yeah, my my wife, she normally works on Thanksgiving because she, you know, she likes to make a little extra overtime, and you know, so she can shop and things, and and then she'll go to a friend's house afterwards, and I usually stay home because. So does she go to the friend's house in preparation of what is known as Black Friday in America, where you go shopping the next morning? She did the last last uh, last year. She did. Okay. Um, now I I used to be a big Black Friday shopper. Were you really? Have, okay. I, I used to like the hustle and bustle. Okay. Um, but it was getting in the way of my relationship with Jesus. I, I just I, say I that. See that. Two years of retail ruined me on Black Friday because. Oh. It, people, I mean, they would come in at 10 a.m. The the ad said they'll have five in the store. We open at 5 a.m. At 10 o'clock, you still expect us to have them? Or are you yeah. crazy? People act like they've never seen stuff before. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's just stuff, people. Yeah. And you, you've seen the videos of Walmart, people just oh, like yeah. trampling one another. You ever seen uh, World War Z with Brad Pitt and how those <laughs> zombie. zombie hordes? <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how the like Walmart that. crowd looks on Black Friday. <laughs> that is hilarious. Uh, offense intended. Yes, there you go. <laughs> that's just stop it. Would you describe yourself as a Thanksgiving Scrooge of some sort? I am, I am a Thanksgiving Scrooge. Well, I, I'm hoping to hear on the next time you're on the show about how free. title. By the way, this may have changed your mind. The hanging around family for large quantities of time, not my idea of a holiday. Uh, yeah. There you go. It. All right. Do you not like turkey? Eh. Yeah, it's not okay. better than a McRib. No, I hear you. That's hilarious. Let me give a pro tip. I know you haven't given yours yet, oh, but I'm going to give you a real Thanksgiving pro tip Please. that is that is true, and you should follow it. Dark turkey meat better than white turkey oh, meat. Oh, absolutely. And not many people know that, but, that, you know, go for it. See, I'm, and see, I'm, I, 
I don't like dark meat. I don't like it in chicken. I don't like it. It's I better. I have a white meat. It is better because I know the, the white meat is dry. It's but that's powder. Why, that's why God made gravy. If you're from the- <laughs> Okay. I'll actually agree with him on that. You put gravy on dark. See, I, I understand. Like, I like the flavor of, of dark meat without anything extra. Yeah. But look, turk mm, gravy. Oh, Gravy is the ne- the nectar of the gods, and uh, it's I don't either right know gravy. what gravy is made of. It's, it's, you don't it's want it's flour know? and water, really, and and maybe some some. What gives it the brown and maybe color? Maybe some burning. You, you you get some flour and you okay. get some oil or some some. It really works well if you've like had fried some meat. Okay, so like yeah, some yeah. Fat drippings. Mm-hmm. Okay, see and all you the brown th- the gravy. Okay. And the oil together in the pan for a little bit. You okay. stir in a little onions. There you go. And I then love you onions. add water, and then you just let it simmer until it thickens. It just sounds like magic to me. It is magic. It's it's chemistry, and it's cooking, and it's awesome. Well, some of the flavor can sometimes come from the things taken out of the turkey that you don't eat, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so, like, so it's better to have a pan that's been used or yep. you throw some old meat in there or some, to give it some flavor. You put and, guts in tur- and in gravy? You don't put them in it. You use it for the... You kind of cook some of the juices out to get the flavor. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's a little disturbing. It's like it's like, drippings. It's like <laughs> cooking. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's organ sweat. How about that? Oh, great. <laughs> and title option that, two. Nick Rib is sounding better and better. <laughs> it's like putting organ meat in a sauna and letting it... Uh, Hold on, I gotta write these down for the time. You know what? You're just turning everybody off of Thanksgiving so they can be like you. I actually might go somewhere for Thanksgiving this year. I've talked myself into wanting some gravy. Okay, good, good. Thanksgiving Scrooge and Organ Sweat. Those are the two options for the title as of now. That's going to scare people if we go with Organ Sweat. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, so so Nicholas, what do you you guys do? uh, We end up, uh, when we got married, um, my wife's uh, family had not had a lot of emphasis on holidays growing up, and so. They kind of doubled down um, on uh, Thanksgiving more, um, and so we end up kind of prioritizing Thanksgiving with her family. And then on Saturday, we will go to my mom's house, and um, traditionally, my family had always done no no Christmas decorating before Thanksgiving. And so we end up doing a Thanksgiving acknowledgement on Saturday with my mom, um, and then Christmas decoration. But the Thanksgiving Day proper is always with Lisa's family. Okay. Good deal. Good times. You deal with any uh, inter-family jealousy about the way you guys roll with that? Uh, n- no. B- well, and, and it's kind of, it's funny because it's, it's... I know that's a personal question, and this is a show that goes out to millions yeah, of people. Yeah, we appreciate but, that. Um, no, and as we'll talk about a little bit over into my topic, um, they didn't have a holiday kind of tradition in their family. Yes. Um, we, we had a more a strong one, and so... We kind of got to when we got married. We got to kind of create our own. I gotcha because there wasn't anything really established. It is that's good though that you it, got to do that. Oh, it was a blessing. It, it has gotten more um, kind of ping pongy with Lisa's siblings um, as they've started to kind of get married and their family has has their own traditions and things. But because it wasn't this fifteen year yeah. twenty year tradition, everybody's like, "Cool, y'all do your thing," you know. So I've, no hard I've, I've seen thing. that kind of thing tear. Oh, dude, I can. I thank God every day. I've known a, I knew a guy, and I won't call his name, but uh, he did not like to go to his wife's people's, you know, for sure. holidays. And I was like, why don't you just? He wanted to go to his, and she wanted to go to hers. And I was like, well, you don't have to go together. It's like, you know, why don't you just go to your family and her go to her family? And he was like, I can't do that. I was like, why not? Because in my house, did they have kids? They did have kids. That's part of it. And all the grandparents want to see the kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm, they don't care about seeing you. They don't yeah. see the kid. And, you know, he just think it's just not possible because she's going to get mad. And I was just like, so? 
Now, you know, and there are a couple of reasons why he was so. That's a great answer to, to most situations. That can well, fix You should from. be a counselor, Emmanuel. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Chase. I probably would have made his marriage worse because that would have been my advice. Like, just go to your own stuff. Get over it. Actually, yeah. that, is, that, that is good advice. I mean, you, as a husband and wife, you cannot, you, you know, it's leave and cleave time. You leave your family, you cleave to your wife, and if you're beholden kind of like a slave to, to yeah. your family, that, that's not going to work. And the problem is, that she was she his wife looked better than he did. Oh, so he's he's like <laughs> ouch. A, he's like a five. Yeah, and she's probably like a nine. Oh, that's oh. a big difference. A difference and of did four he, is and trouble. He, and he knows it. And oh, so he, so it's like it's one of those things where he's just going to comply. I got you. Because he's like, look, I know that I've I've, I've you know <laughs> that's hard. How did he jump the gap? Like. God is sovereign. There you go. There you go. Uh, it is what uh, it is. Scat- does he listen to the show? No, he does not. Okay, he good, good. But he, so he, he doesn't know he's a five. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> okay, good. If he owns a mirror, he knows. <laughs> but, but Let's he, hope he doesn't listen to the he, show. But, he was, but he's, here's the thing. He's a great guy. Uh, we actually went in seminary together. And he's God, well, that's a, that's God a fearing clue. guy. Okay. And uh, treated her well. Uh, but there's just one of those things where if you know that you're out of your league with your woman, you don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. You know, you're just like, look. That sounds like a great topic for a future show. <laughs> Let's not mess this up because I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get another crack at a nine. There you My, I had a pastoral friend of mine who says all the time, "God blessed him because he, he outkicked his coverage." You know, yeah. he says it all the time. So, well, it's one thing to outkick your coverage, but going from a five to a nine, look, that's a significant. And we're just talking about physical characteristics, not overall personality. No, no, we realize like that. what you're saying. They're both great people, and but yeah, physically, like yeah, he's not doing better. I'm saying you know, he, he should thank God every day. Now, we are off to a frolicking start. And I'm so, glad of it. What were you guys thinking? Um, just gonna go ahead and whiplash because there's nowhere this goes good for me. <laughs> it's not too big. I, I apologize to all the fives out there. By the way, <laughs> and you know who you are, and he probably won't listen. Um, <laughs> send your mail to uh, since, since David's not here. I guess send it to Chase. Uh, oh, send it to David. I'm good with this. Send it to David. Send it to David. David at thegospelfriends.com will get you nowhere. Um, all right. So this week I am stealing David's segment because I saw this article and I laughed. I was then very sad and then I chuckled again. So, um, Lord, forgive me. You laughed. Yeah, you need forgiveness for laughing at this article. Well, it. <laughs> A lot of forgiveness. It's that whole do not tempt the Lord your God kind of thing. And, and, and you know, anyway. All right. So the headline, I'm just going to read it, and we're going to then mock this guy. Nigerian pastor tries to walk on water like Jesus, then drowns in front of his congregation. You see how Emmanuel and I are not laughing? Oh, but the audience probably is. Um, walking on water is not easy. Too many, pe- Not too many people have the ability. Um, let's see. There's Jesus, and then, well, that's about it. Um, guy in the, on the west coast of Africa, um, his, att- second, his attempt to become the second man to do it was an impossible feat. Uh, reality cost him his life. Um, he, uh, it was, he was trying to do it as um, he said it was referencing mark um received a revelation which told him that with enough faith he could he could achieve what jesus was able to do and um this was how he was going to put it to the test first thoughts somebody anybody come on well i say my first thought is the key word there is test yeah is there anything in the bible that suggests something along the lines of testing or not testing i don't, I don't know oh <sighs> <laughs> My first reaction is really probably unchristian. Like my first reaction was he got what he deserved. Mm, well, 
Uh, my second reaction was that that's sad. Yes. Because why do you need to try to prove your faith in that way? How about just live faithfully? Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. That's that's, that's, hard, that's hard enough without, well, it, without you adding on walking on liquid. Yeah. Well, uh, the article goes on to talk about another guy. Um, it was also in Africa, Nigeria, um, a self-proclaimed prophet uh, claimed to be able to do what Daniel did um, by walking into a den full of lions. He was advised not to by numerous zookeepers. Um, the prophet, with a crowd of people watching, uh, put on a long red robe and proceeded to enter the cage full of lions. Uh, within seconds, the lions ripped the prophet from yeah. Tishrets. I can, yeah, not a prophet. I can hear the elders at Mars Hill right now. So this is what happened when you don't have the proper accountability. Wow. You just that is send your comments to Emmanuel at the wow, That is beautiful. Um, we need accountability to save us from ourselves. Without I, accountability, there's no telling what Chase would try to do. Oh, there's wow, actually truth to that. Funny. There's yeah. no telling. <laughs> uh, look, I, I pick on David more often because um, I've known him longer and. Um, I want to punch him sometimes, but you know, I always, we all do. Well, it, yeah. let's talk about that for a minute. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, let's go. No, we better keep going with the show. <laughs> um, but, but I just don't understand why these guys, why are you putting God to the test kind of thing? I, I just, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a continuationist. I believe miracles still happen. I have, I have no problem believing somebody can roll up to the altar in a wheelchair and walk away with, with, you know, strong legs. I blind can see deaf can hear, but I, I don't understand this to me seems like boasting in your own. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. and that's what I think that's a, a, uh, you know, and sometimes, you know, when the, the Bible talks about testing the spirits to yeah. see if they're from God, I yeah. think these people were not testing the spirits. I would have gone and with I, the, the fleece thing in the water a couple yeah. of times first. So I, so I really do, especially the, the first guy, I really do think that he thought that, that God would let him allow him to walk on water or either he thought that he was just, you know, so awesome that he could do it. Um, it reminds me one of my favorite verses. Um, it's one of my favorite ones because it reminds me not to be this way uh, in Habakkuk. And it's talking about, um, by the way, if you're not reading Habakkuk, I don't know what you're doing with your life. It's an awesome book and has one of the best prayers in the Bible. But anyway, Might be a good title. <laughs> is that the one Jabez is in? No. Sorry. Nope. Sorry. No. Swinging a mess. Forgive me, Lord. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, 111, it talks about guilty men. Uh, Men who are who are guilty of worshiping their own strength, or versions say, mm-hmm. whose own strength is their god. Yeah, and it's a reminder to, to you know, to to don't get too cocky about what your your abilities are. And these guys, I think they just kind of, you know. Wow, I'm going to pause the podcast so we can pray over the recording again because dang, yeah, that's good. That stuff. verse is heavy. That's both of these situations happen in Nigeria. Is that correct? Or Looks any like of it. these guys on that. That top ten yeah, richest pastor. They were not, but I, I'm struck by that list. But maybe they were yeah. trying to make the list. You know, it wasn't incoincidental. If, if, to if me. I pull this, I, if I, I pull the this thing. off, the money is going to come flooding. I, well, I wonder. Or, are they trying to compete through natural, yeah. supernatural acts with? Yes, yeah. with, with this guy, with the the prosperous preachers in, in Nigeria, yeah. Tabidi uh, Angua Billy Bwili, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I apologize, but his first name, Pastor Tabidi, has has really been been preaching and writing hard mm-hmm. about the scourge of prosperity preaching in Africa. And, and you know, it, it's not fun. This is a kind of, I guess, in a sense, a funny story. But you're right; it's a tragedy. Yeah. And and I think probably these guys are trying to live up to something that Jesus has not called us to the word is not called us yeah. to this is not ministry this is not pastoring 
Um, if, if God delivers us from a shipwreck while we're preaching the gospel, fantastic. Uh, it's a miracle. Miracles happen. But he but doesn't you, owe us that. He doesn't owe us that. And you sure as heck don't sail out into the middle of the ocean and jump in and just assume he's going to do that. Yeah. 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 All right. This, this is going to come up later on in the show as well. Well, it, it will. And I, I didn't intentionally make that correlation. Um, I, I just, when I first saw the article, I was like, I literally said, what were you thinking, dude? And I went, ah, oh, David's not here this week. And so yeah. uh, it was mine. So out of those two guys, the uh, walking on water guy and the, uh, the lion's den, the doofus in the lion's den guy, if you had to be one of those guys, what are you taking your chances with? Oh, I'm taking my chances with walking on water because I can swim. Yeah, me too. I am not a strong swimmer. I can swim a little bit. Okay. I'm going with not a strong swimmer over hungry lions, dude. Yeah. But see, lions, it's – here's the thing. Most most animals don't want to attack you. There's very few. Usually it's a territorial thing. It's not because they want to eat you. Um, so I don't know if he was trying to get close to the lions. Yeah, that, that's a good point. You know, I think okay. other, than, other than crocodiles, I think, everything else will usually leave you alone if you leave it alone. As long as you what you got to do is put a big stick or something on your head. You guys ever seen The Gods Must Be Crazy? Because that, yeah. that's how they dealt with that. They made themselves look bigger. Yeah. Funny movie, but that's what I would do. I, by the way, I think it's probably in poor taste that this article has a picture of a hand uh, sticking out of the water as the owner of the hand is sinking down. That's um. Look, that's I wasn't really not appropriate. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't write the article. I'm I just didn't. saying. Yeah, not, it was it was just tough to it was tough to to kind of go through. So, yeah. um, well, hopefully these two incidents will uh, temper some of the uh, foolishness. Foolishness. <sighs> Again, that may come up later in the show, so we'll yeah. we'll defer. Um, real quick, to see who's going to go first, I'm going to go ahead and move into the game. If nobody minds. It's time to play the game. Dun, dun, dun. All right, and for this week's game, this is, um, I'd actually tried to, so for the members of the hall, I had tried to own up to my own uh, lack of current Christmas spirit or knowledge or whatever, and um, we were going to do an elf quiz until, mm. well, until um, I went, Chase, hey, the movie Elf, he's like, I've never seen it. I was like, oh, so. I actually um, posted about that in the hall this week. I'm going to see it, I think, this week or next. I just well, I couldn't remember who it. all had seen what, and so I saw it on, on one of the websites. Um, this week, something that is going to be leaning a little bit towards Chase, um, but everybody has gone to the grocery store at least once. Um, can you... Match the cereal to its box color. Oh, a cereal trivia question. That sounds fun. I figured you would appreciate it. If I lose, I'm going to have to walk off the show and, oh, look, in an angry if you rage. If lose, it's going to be ugly. Um, I am going to defer to the least common host uh, in that frequency. The what? Emmanuel. Oh, oh, oh. The guy who's not here is often. you were insulting him. No. It sounded rude. The least common. Least is not a nice word. I apologize, Emmanuel. Least frequent? Yeah. The guest host. There you go. That's better. Thank you. Golly, I was not trying to be insulting. Um, that gets me in trouble mad. a lot. He does look mad. He's always very intense. <laughs> I am not uh, easily offended. No. I picked up on that early in pre-show prep. someone offends me, they're really trying hard. Really trying hard? Well, I'm going to defer first question to you. Uh, so you've got a pinkish-looking color, orange, yellow, green. I'll give you any shade of blue and purple. These are the... 
box colors that are on my my list here. And so it's for every every uh, question. What is the box color for Apple Jacks? Green. Correct. All right. Good job. I'm already losing. I used to eat Apple Jacks. I'm not about that. Oh, I delicious. still eat Apple Jacks. They're phenomenal. I don't even know what flavor they are, but oh. They don't taste like apples, oddly enough. Not at all. Nope. Um, not even a little bit. All right, Chase, what is the box color of Captain Crunch Peanut Butter Crunch? That would be, I don't get to, I don't get multiple choice. The answer is orange, but, you know, just. Well, he didn't get multiple. Okay, that's fine. I'm just, I wasn't paying attention very well. Now I'm in the game. Are you sure? Yes. You're sure? Yes. Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops is red. Correct. Oh, my goodness. You guys are knocking this out. Okay. Yeah. These are cereals I ate, so I'm good. By the way, if you're an international listener and you don't get these cereals where you are, protest. Yeah. Go to Amazon and go ahead and two days. Yes. Overthrow your government because every cereal we've (laughs) mentioned so far is worth overthrowing your government for. I just made the most insensitive statement because I'm pretty sure Amazon doesn't prime ship to the U.K. Amazon. They, they have Amazon in the UK. They have Amazon UK. I don't know if they have Amazon right. I'm not. I'm not sure you oh, can get no, that's not. our cereals there in two days. Some of our international <laughs> listeners need to let let us know that. All right, Frosted Flakes. Uh, that's blue. Oh, okay. That is blue. Are we taking turns or is it just first answer first? Oh, ping pong. Okay. okay. Yeah. One. So sure. what is it? Seven to one. My way. <laughs> No, I think yeah, sure. No, I think it's two up. All right, and this one was this one was too easy. So sorry, uh, Cheerios. Oh, don't know. Cheerios is. I know what it looks like, but I don't know what the color that is. It's like a. It's purple. A, it's purple. It's not purple. It's yeah, like it a yellowish color. That's the color they have on here. So yellow. Yeah. They All do right. have Prime in Amazon, by the way. I mean, in the UK. Okay, but can you get Frosted Flakes? I don't know. Let's look it up. All right, go All ahead. Right, keep going. Amazon Prime is awesome. Oh, Prime. it's the like, best. What did we do before Amazon Prime? We, we just we for suffered. Stuff. We did, yeah. All right, yes, Rice Krispies. You can get Frosted really? Flakes. Uh, Rice Krispies are blue. You can get Frosted Flakes on Amazon UK. I don't know if it's Prime, though. I can't tell. Yeah. And if you live in the Seattle area... You know, you can get stuff like the same day. Can you really? Yeah. Like you can check this out. Like actually, within the hour, I think, on some stuff. Because they, they have a grocery service up there. Oh, that's groceries. nice. Frosted yeah. Flakes, 61.9 ounce box, which is massive. That's like a crate. And it says, usually dispatched within three to four days. Sweet. That's very British. Yeah, and now Chase is offended. No, I uh, love British people. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm a big, and you're going to pay. I'm a big fan of British verbs. You're going to pay thirty two point six, uh, thirty two euros and sixty. I don't know what. What is it? I know what euros are. I don't know what the cents are in in I don't know UK. Either. I don't know much you're about not, euros. You're going to pay a lot of dollars. Of I mean, a lot of money. Where is it? Over shipping that has pence. Maybe well, pence is uh, British. Yeah, but that's, oh, I don't think people use pence. No, I don't think anymore. they do that's, either. Well, I was listening to a podcast that had it just the other day. Oh well, uh, Daily Tech News Show. One oh, of the callers we're showing our ignorance yet again. Oh, there we go. Uh, we're from America. Um, all right, and finally, raisin bran. Raisin bran is purple. There you go. All right, well, two scoops, baby. You guys made that quiz look as easy as the one last week. Keeps you running. Uh, go team. No winners. <laughs> By the way, somebody suggested this week we do a show on raisin bran that they would listen. If we did, uh, I will tell you one thing about Raisin Bran. It keeps you regular. It does keep you regular. Um, so there's our show on Raisin Bran. Two scoops of raisins in every box. Uh, and 
if you want to believe the advertising, it is put in there by the sun himself. That's right. <laughs> the sun puts the raisins in the raisin. That's bread. why it's good. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what, those little raisins that are wrinkled up with sugar all over them. Oh, oh yeah. man. Yeah. That's a good tasting thing right there. They're going to make me want to have cereal for dinner. Technically, I'm, I'm making I have cereal for dinner every night. I'm having cereal for dinner tonight. So That's right. Wow. It's all not right. raisin well, brand, though. It's uh, Fiber One, which also keeps you regular. <laughs> you really my- eat Fiber One? Yeah, it's good. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, staying regular was my grandmother's like answer to everything. <laughs> Yeah, you know? hey, there's another good title. <laughs> Staying regular is Grandma. my grandmother's answer to everything. I've got a headache. Yeah. <laughs> Have you pooped? <laughs> there's your problem right there. Go get some of that prune juice. All right, Grandma slammed my hand in the door. <laughs> When's the last time you had a movement? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, the wisdom of our elders yes. triumphs yet again. Exactly. Now people know how to handle health problems. They know how to order cereal in yeah. the United Kingdom. They don't know how to make change in the United Kingdom, but we'll get there. We'll figure that out yes. eventually. So if you're listening, uh, overthrow your government. Get Amazon Prime. Yes. Get some Frosted Flakes delivered stat. And stay regular. Or Raisin Bread. Stay brand. regular. Or Raisin, raisin Bread. Because you got to stay well, you Frosted stay, Flakes yeah. don't have the same nutritional uh, regularity value that. Yeah. But what you could do, and I've done this, mix Frosted Flakes with, with another kind of flake cereal okay. to add a little sugar content. Okay. Frosted Flakes, Fiber One, Frosted Flakes with a little Raisin Bran, uh, or you can just put sugar on it. But either way. Okay. I feel like my life is being changed right now. Oh, hey, good news. Uh, a euro is divided into 100 cents. Is it really? Yeah. I did so, not know that. So we weren't as ignorant as we thought. Well, Chase said that the game was tied, but technically there were seven questions, and Manny went first, so he got the last question. I so am ashamed. I've never lost a game on this show. There you go. Undefeated. I, I, that, that just sounds that sounds crooked, though. Undefeated. Yeah, you have an asterisk by that, brother. An asterisk. What? Everybody knows it doesn't count because the, the fix the was facts. in again. The fix was in again. All right, Emmanuel, go ahead and talk to us about John MacArthur. Okay, so uh, I guess it was last week. Uh, John MacArthur was at uh, uh, Mark Devers Church. I think they had a conference there. Yep, and it was a, a conference on preaching, I think. And uh, and he tweeted this: uh, a lack of expository preaching demonstrates a lack of submission to Scripture. A lack of expository mm. preaching demonstrates a lack of submission to Scripture. Uh, Nick, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, we might want to define expository preaching first for our listeners who don't know what that okay. is. Um, well, you're the, you're the prof- seminary professor, so you want to go? <laughs> well, um, and, and you're a preacher as well. So, Expository preaching, uh, mostly, as I, I like how you dodge that one. Like, no, you know, I, can, I can explain it. <laughs> I know, yeah. I mess with you. Expository preaching is taking a certain biblical passage and generally preaching through it verse by verse, uh, you know, as as opposed to topical preaching, which is taking a certain topic and preaching through that. Uh, you know, for instance, uh, you could do Habakkuk chapter one verses one through eleven, or you could talk about fasting. You know, that's topical versus expository. Yeah, and also expository uh, has a. Uh, it means that you are you're basically just saying what the text says. Yes, you're explaining the text is what they claim that they're doing. Yes, 
Um, we'll debate that a little, a little bit. And we'll talk about suppository preaching next time. That's a little different. Yeah. That's what he was uh, talking about five minutes ago. Oh, I see. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Grandma. Okay, let me just get in the last vestiges of fifth grader out there. We'll get serious. I, oh, sure. That's the last one that's going to occur. Um, I, I'm torn on this a little bit because what I imagine he is pushing back on is the superhero sermon series for the summer or the, you know, the what's in lights uh, movies of the summer sermon series more than he is honestly taking a look at expository versus say topical. Um, I guess in my life I, I have benefited from, I, I've benefited from what I'll say is all three. I've, I've benefited from expository, which is we're going through Hebrews right now at the hall of dogma church and we're starting Hebrews one and we're going to the end of Hebrews and you know, as the book is read through and prayed through by our, our teaching pastors, what, what the Lord, the Holy Spirit brings to light to them, they're going to talk about. I also have no problem. A um, couple of how long has it been again? It, it was when when the, the homosexuality conversation was just really becoming prominent. Um, the the teaching pastors here dove into Chase and David dove into homosexuality, what the Bible says about it, what's cultural, da 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 da. That's topical. I don't think either one of those things were misplaced in our congregation because the world around us demands that we have an answer to this to this question of homosexuality or not, and our answer comes from the Bible. But that's not expository. You've got to look at that topic within the Scripture. Third of all, I don't I don't hate. That's good. Culturally. Good. <laughs> Thank yes, you. It's good. Wow. Yeah. I did that. Jesus I did that to myself. Jesus is a friend of mine. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't hate uh, cultural cultural preaching. And what I mean by that is is for the, for the non-believer, for the new believer, taking something that is what they've encountered their whole life and in finding the redemptive quality in it and, and pointing them to the Bible, pointing them to Jesus. Um, the Jesus Storybook Bible does this really well, does what I'm talking about really well, is is they take every Bible story and point you to Jesus. Yeah. And, and I think so many things, the Bible talks about creation calling out for a creator. I think there's so many things in in the secular sphere in secular media that can point us to Jesus if we're just looking that for us to be aware of that and and you know point us to us as Christians use that to point non-believers to Jesus I don't have a problem with that where I get troubled is churches buying a curriculum from Warner Brothers because Man of Steel has Christian overtones in it and churches using Warner Brothers marketing material mm. to 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 preach off of I I'm not down with that but you know, taking something that's in the culture and using that to to enlighten people to their need for a savior, I don't have a problem with that at all. Sorry, long answer. No, it's a good answer. That's yeah, good. I look. You, you've already heard to hear at the the HOD Church, the Hall of Dogma Church, as we euphemistically call it. We do a mixture of expository, exegetical preaching and topical preaching. Uh, we go through books uh, frequently, but we also take topics. I, I think that is the, the biblical approach. Because if you kind of go through the sermons in the Bible, you're going to find that not every one of them is, is expository. I was going to make that point. Uh, well, I, I didn't mean to, to take away from your point. But, no, it's good. No. Um, that's, Jesus didn't necessarily preach every sermon. He preached in an expository way. Some of them he did. He preached the kingdom. 
He preached the kingdom, yes. The Sermon on the Mount, not almost at all expository. Of course, you'd say, well, he's Jesus, and and everything he says is is scripture. Well, I mean, I don't think everything he said was scripture because we don't have it. Mm -hmm. Everything he said was ultimate truth, absolutely. Um, But if we're following his model, we're going to do some expository, and we're going to do some uh, topical, and I think that's necessary and healthy. In fact, Jeanette uh, Acock, who tweeted us this question, said that her, it was her preference uh, was a mixture of both. That is also my preference. Mm-hmm. Now, you made a good point off air, Emmanuel, when you said you kind of understood why MacArthur is saying this. It's a matter of authority. Why don't you unpack that? Well, I think what he's trying to say, and and it's, it's the argument of many reform types, is that expository preaching is 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 the only type of preaching you should do is because if you're an expository preacher, you're standing under Scripture. Whereas yes. if you're doing any other kind of preaching, you are uh, standing over Scripture in a way uh, sometimes because you are picking and choosing verses. You are... Um, you you know you're you're adding your own insights instead of just explaining the text because you're because you're trying to create a sermon from various passages to fit into this mold of this uh you know this mode of uh under this topic and it's just you know plain old fashioned reformed arrogance uh, because this, the reason they're wrong is this is why I love having Emmanuel on the show. And here's the thing: I, I I preach expository sermons. I actually think it's easier to preach expository sermons than it is for me to write uh, to and preach uh, topical sermons. But in a couple of in a few weeks, I, you know, I'm coming to pay, uh, to preach a topical sermon. You mean the Hall of Dogma Church, right? Yes, the Hall now of they're going to find Church. us. But uh, you know, it, we're, we're doing a topical sermon, which we've sure. done for yep. Christmas. Yep. And so, what they're missing is that you can you can do an expository sermon and still not do it correctly. This yeah. is the reason why we have, you know, fifteen million different uh, versions of the Bible. This is the reason <laughs> why we have a whole bunch of different. In, in Chase, you know this, and if, you, if you've ever tried to prepare for a sermon, not all commentaries agree on what a passage means. <laughs> no, they don't. So it's not like there's only one meaning that one person can gain, and it's like, well, we're we're preaching expository. You know, it's a, it's it's expositional, it's expository. So we're right in the way we say. You can still be just as wrong, just as misguided doing expository preaching. I will say though, if that expository preaching may may help in terms of uh, somebody preaching their kind of pet. Verses all yes. the time. Yes. Um, this is also the argument people use for the lectionary. So you preach from a lectionary, you preach of all the Bible. And yeah, but you're leaving a whole bunch of Bible out. You sure are, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I would say that is that is the one major strength. I mean, not the one. The, probably the major strength of expository preaching is it forces you – to go through the whole text, it keeps mm-hmm. you from having pet doctrines that you overemphasize. Mm-hmm. And when you're when you're in the word that way, and I realize not many people listening to this are are, are so much preachers, but some of us are, are more hearers of the word. But mm-hmm. even then, you might say, well, "What kind of church should I go to? What kind of person should I listen to?" The great thing about expository is it keeps us from overemphasizing things that the word doesn't overemphasize yeah. hmm. or underemphasizing things that the word that's good. Uh, yeah, doesn't. Yeah. So that that's that's important. And it also keeps you from ignoring context because you're not just pulling a passage 
you know, lifting it yes. out of a chapter. And, yes, you know. that's what I. That is the thing I love about expository preaching. Yeah. Or ignoring controversial things or things that challenge Absolutely. you that you don't like yeah. that you'd never preach about on your own. So yeah, I, I'm never going to preach that about women wearing headscarves. Not going to do it. Well, that, okay, so that's the thing. I'm I'm glad. <laughs> Just gonna skip right over that. Well, that's actually you joking. You say that jokingly, but I actually. You can skip over the way the way we do expository you preaching can. here. You can skip over things. Yeah. You can avoid things because um, unless you're going verse by verse by verse, um, and and I don't know what MacArthur specific mission here, but you can you can act like you're doing an expository you know view of the New Testament, mm-hmm. and we're going to pick out five of Paul's letters this year, and we're going to go through them. Yeah. But you pick. Easy letter, you know. You you, yeah. you stay away from Corinthians, where the head covering thing is prominent, and you stay in Romans, where it's a lot more straightforward and yeah, in a sense. Uh, um, a seven, eight, nine is kind of a doozy. Well, for yeah. me and Emmanuel, because we're not Calvinists, but um, how, oh, what do you do with Romans? Not no, I'm just kidding. That is a <laughs> oh different topic for. Different I realize day. this arrogant reform guy is a little bit outnumbered today. I know, I love yeah. it. Usually, well, look, I'm usually one over sound here. Sound the alarm, yeah, Josh Dean or. We're gonna put Sam some, or we're gonna Dave put some truth here. in you tonight, man. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, I'm not afraid though. Remember, I'm arrogant. So that is true. I think there I'll you be go. Fine. You don't even know that you're in trouble. You That's just right. assume everything's look, okay. I'm like Alabama going into a football game. It's all good. Yeah. So, what do you guys say to? Do you? I, I say this knowing the answer probably, but what do you guys think about podcasts to, to kind of? We've, we're doing a lot of expository preaching here right now but there is a topic i want to know about there's there's i for me there's a lot of pastors that i'll listen to in addition to you guys off and on um partially because here at here at the hall dogma church i, I kind of have different roles and so sometimes on sunday it's hard for me to sit and listen um and you know maybe i, I want to know about a certain question so i'll i'll pull up a chandler sermon or mm-hmm. ask pastor john the you know uh, john piper's yes. podcast series and and i don't I like resources like that as well because it's not that, you know, I've been doing the church thing for a long time. And so, you know, hearing the same voice over and over can sometimes you, you stop listening with the same kind of ears you first listened with. Yes. And so I don't I, I just don't have a problem kind of encouraging people to check out um, other resources as well. It, to I me, it's no it. different than the kind of the reading the commentary thing almost. But yeah, and I, I like listen like a matter of fact, like. Uh, I like Mark Driscoll's uh, sermons, but I, but I, what I really like is when he does a topic. Same thing mm-hmm. with Piper. I like to hear what Piper has to say about a certain topic, um, uh, and, and certain other guys too that I listen to. I want to hear what they say about a topic, mm-hmm. um, and I probably listen to more of their topical. Uh, I guess I probably to do as well. Than I do of their actual sermons. But the fact um, that those guys that I have so much respect for don't mind going topical at times sometimes makes me go. Yeah, that's so. It we we can't just throw that out like it, there's no point in it. Well, to me, anytime somebody says there's just one way to do things, I automatically think they're full of it. And it's, it's a little just, rigid. Yeah, and it's just especially when the Bible does not say you must preach this way. Exactly. I exactly. see so many parables of Jesus where he takes stories and he communicates through those. It just to well, me it's too. Yeah, and y'all are in Hebrews. Like Hebrews uses the Old Testament in a way that if a preacher used the Old Testament that way, they would probably be, you know, you know, shunned immediately by a certain crowd Look, of, of uh, yes, people. very uh, almost you could say allegorically and that sort of thing, yeah. and that that's kind of giving a lot of people they trouble take liberties. with Hebrews. Oh, yeah. Liberties yeah. is not. I mean, uh, Hebrews is not uh, easy in some of the. 
Hebrews the way he is not used the Old Testament, book. you know. But is that depth of understanding of the Old Testament one of the reasons people think Paul wrote it? Because he was. I don't know. I don't think Paul wrote it. I don't think Paul wrote it. But a lot of people do. Don't a they? lot of people do think yeah. Paul wrote it. That's because they don't read Greek. Uh, that's probably part of the problem. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I'm just um, wow, the seminary nerds just no, but uh, the, it, the Greek, the and Greek Hebrew, in Hebrew is, is, is more of a classical it's Greek, really good it's, Greek. It's, it's not coined that Greek. way. Yeah. Now that's not to say that Paul might have known classical right. Greek and just didn't break it out when he didn't have to. Um, Paul I, seemed very good at writing to the audience, though. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I kind of think Apollos wrote it, but that's just a, a wild Apollos guess. is a good guess. I, I've heard people that probably the second best, uh, other than the writer of Hebrews, probably the second best. Uh, Greek writer in the New Testament is often thought to be Luke, and uh, there's been, there's a really good book that suggests yeah. Luke is the author. I could see that. Yeah. Um, if you more had likely to, than Paul, if you if you had to put down your, I think it's this guy. Who's your uh, Sylvanus? Maybe Apollos? Maybe I mean Apollos is a shot in the dark because we have no idea. We don't have yeah, anything we just, he's we, written. It's just because of his background. Yeah, it's like gotcha. we, okay, we know he's an eloquent guy because people are trying to follow him. Yeah, we know he was. You know, his name is Apollos. I mean, and he's a natural born. You know, Greek yeah, speaker. Yeah, he's yeah. he's he's Greek to the core. Um, cool. So he would have probably been able to speak uh, classical Greek. And uh, There's your five-minute seminary lesson for the day. <laughs> yeah. I, I will free. say this. The, the great thing about topical preaching, um, and, and we actually we do more expository preaching here than topical. We probably do almost two-thirds to one-third, yeah. maybe 60-40. Yeah. But the great thing about topical preaching is you can get the no, – maybe not the whole counsel of God, but you can get a lot of what the Bible says about a particular topic that you might not quite get with expository preaching. Yeah. For instance, if, if uh, you're preaching through the book of Acts and you get to Acts chapter 2 and you want to talk about tongues, well, well a lot of people kind of stop the biblical teaching on tongues in Acts chapter 2 yeah. or confine it to act, uh, to 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. But you really can't get the whole picture without all three of those chapters together. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I, I have a friend of mine who um, their their church. Uh, he's a hall dog member, but you know, they're a lot of churches have kind of core verses, core ideas. You know, AG had the sixteen fundamental truths. One of their core starting points is Acts two thirty eight, hmm. um, and so they you know they talk a lot about Acts, and it's it's kind of interesting to to see how a lot of when we get in discussions, how many things kind of have not have to but do flow through there for him um it's, it's just funny yeah it becomes a uh, a prism through which you see a lens which you see all of yeah. scripture through kind of like piper and the glory of god yeah you know doesn't matter what he's preaching on it all go always goes back to to god's glory uh which is a actually a good thing for it to go absolutely back to. um so all right all right, I guess we're at the end of that topic. That takes us to the next hall monitor topic, which is uh, from our friend uh, – I'll, I'll just give a first name here, Dan from Down Under. He says this. Uh, this is his post in, uh, in the Hall of Dogma Facebook group. If you want to comment on it, of course, you're free to join the group. Somebody will let you in. He says, it looks as though my church is soon to appoint a female associate pastor. Don't give me wrong, get me wrong. I love women so much so that I married one. <laughs> That's nice. It's my understanding, however, that Scripture expressly forbids this in the pastoral epistles. Am I incorrect? Is this a hill that one should die on? How would you respond or how have you responded to this kind of situation? And before we answer this, I will say this. 
It's a real life situation. Yep. Uh, obviously, Dan is thinking about leading his, leaving his church. And I would say this: we're going to discuss this. We're going to give some counsel. We're going to throw some things out. But uh, and and I, Dan, is a mature enough believer from everything I know about him to know that he should not take our word as authoritative on this. Uh, this is something that really should be prayed through, discussed with a, a lot of godly believers. Um, so, uh, just a little slight caveat there that uh, what we're about to say is not so much authoritative to you, Dan, but a discussion of the situation. So, gentlemen, does Scripture expressly forbid female pastors? Is this something to leave a church over? I'm going to actually defer to Emmanuel to start the discussion on this one since he uh, very quickly threw the last one to me. So, there you go, bud. Judging by his comments, I think the word that, that I have a that I would quibble with is expressly. I don't know that 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 the Bible expressly forbids uh, female pastors. I do think that that the Bible uh, definitely affirms male headship, male leadership. Um, I don't know that it expressly forbids female pastors. Uh, my take is always. It's always been that the Holy Spirit gives gifts. The Holy Spirit calls a person uh, to what they're going to do. Um, and if you and if Holy Spirit calls a woman to pastor, who am I to say? If the Holy Spirit calls a man to pastor, who am I to say? Because there are a lot of men who are not called a pastor, and we don't raise as much stink about them as if a woman who's not called a pastor pastors, or who maybe or maybe she is. Called and obviously we don't have a call a meter that you know that lets us know yeah. if somebody's called. But I always say that's that's the job of the Holy Spirit. So I, I'd if I was at that church, I want to know: Are you hiring hiring her on as a pastor because you believe that she is called? Um, which is different than do you believe she's talented? Because I don't think it has anything to do with with ability. Um, because there are a lot of women who who are able to preach and able to – that doesn't mean they're called to do it. So they shouldn't <laughs> do it. I don't care if you're good at it or not. Um, so are you doing this because you think she's called or are you doing it for some uh, – okay, say that on the air. Are you doing it for egalitarian reasons? Are you just trying to make a social statement? Yeah. Uh, you've got some kind of – patriarchal guilt like is there another reason why you're doing it yeah um if they're doing it to make some kind of big uh political statement you know i wouldn't say you should leave but if you did leave you'd, it, it you know you'd be justified or you could some people say you stay and try to reform it reform it from the inside or you know uh <laughs> reform it by enough people leave you know it, well that'll that'll do it too uh so you know that is not a hill that I'm willing to die on. And I know that people that we've got four whole verses to talk about women in leadership. And I'm like, eh, you know. Well, and, and I'll, I'll kind of to ask a clarifying question for him because he says they're hiring her to be an associate pastor. Okay. And so. Yeah. What, what if she's a pastor to women? Well, and that, and that, I guess that's my whole yeah. thing. And what does associate pastor mean in that fellowship? Because um, we have talked, I think we, I don't remember if we talked about it on air or off air, but I know we've talked about it in, in gospel friends discussions, but um, you know, is it a leadership role within the church or is it an elder role? And so yeah. do you, and I guess one of my questions for you, cause this is something I, I I've struggled with when I first came here. Um, cause I was, 
I am complimentarian, but um, I am too. I, I had I've I've seen too many guys that were complimentarian not be complimentarian because of the Bible, but be complimentarian because they're bullies, and and so mm. that caused me. To push back, and I, and I ultimately had to defer to the word because the word's the word, and mm-hmm. you know, you just got to shut up and go. Okay, just because these guys are wrong doesn't mean the word doesn't say what it says. Um, and so, I guess for me, it there, and we talk about the word nuance when this topic comes up. But an associate pastor, I, I guess I just kind of go, eh, yeah. what's your pastor of? And it's your it's your statement about there's a calling there. Um, mm-hmm. But do you do you draw a distinction with the elder role? Yeah, I would actually have a bigger problem if she was an elder. Okay. Um, you know, and Paul talks about, you know, that he doesn't let women have authority over a man. And, I mean, I quibble with that verse just because he says, I do not do this. He doesn't say you shouldn't do it. He's like, I, it's, so I don't know if that's his personal <laughs> that preference. That exact statement got brought up in a Hall of Dogma discussion whenever we were rewriting our Bibles. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and so he, when he says, you know, I don't, you know, I don't permit a woman to do this, I'm like, okay, is that Paul talking just his personal preference or is that Paul talking, uh, you know, under the inspiration of the Holy spirit? I mean, it made it in the book, <laughs> you know, exactly. But I don't know if that's just his opinion because, you know, it just seems odd. These, I don't permit this, um, elder. It doesn't seem to be, it, you know, it's husband of one wife. It just seems to be that that's definitely a male role. And I look at elders as being over pastors as having the ultimate authority. I, yeah. So, you know, I'd have a I'd have a bigger problem if they named a and interesting people who say that they're not consistent because a lot of times they're okay with a woman's uh, Sunday school teacher you know I've had or even female youth pastors I've, or even female you know seminary professors I mean I had female seminary professors and some people did who at the seminary did not agree with that because they was like she's teaching a man you know. It's like, well, Paul wasn't against women teaching men. He sent Apollos to Aquila and Priscilla. Yeah, but they were a team, you know. And I was like, well, you know, the wife probably knew more than he did. That's usually the case. So, you know, <laughs> you have to do a whole lot of disqualifying. Yeah. Um, should your wife teach your child? Well, you know, and that's what's so funny to me because in a lot of um, – maybe not – Edge of the word complementarian, but but strict complementarian, um, strict uh, edge conservative edge of complementarian. You know they won't quibble over a woman children's pastor, but they'll object to a woman's youth pastor. Yeah. And 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 because then, then they're 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 too, too old, so they're now they're teaching men and not boys. And I, I just you know that's that's where when you start to nuance it to me, I go, yeah. we're we're having to draw too fine of a distinction. I just thank God we've never had to have that discussion at all. Oh, well, let, me, let me let me give you ask you a challenging question there, Emmanuel, because I'm also complementarian, probably a little uh, on the the higher scale of complementarian than you, but I do have a nuanced view on this. But if a, if a, a homosexual couple came to you, and I realize this is also a hot topic discussion mm-hmm. issue, but all is of us would have a little firm. What Chase is going to say right uh, now? Uh, well, you, I mean, you know, it's, okay. I'm, I'm not going to say an uncontroversial thing. I'm going to say something that's fairly, fairly controversial. But if a homosexual couple came to you and said, uh, "We want to get married," the Holy Spirit's calling us to get married. How how would you you know in light of a woman you know a woman or anybody saying I'm called to do this uh, how how do we handle when somebody says I'm called to do something that is contrary to what the scripture says Yeah, it's tough because in that situation I think it's so much easier 
because their view is probably that they're getting married because they're in love. The Bible's view of marriage is really not a romantic view. Like, you know, you know, God creates Adam and Eve and he says, be fruitful and multiply. So one of the big reasons he's bringing them together is to like have kids. You can't do that if you're homosexual. So, so right off the back, I just think, I think that you're, you're not being faithful to scripture. And then you've got Romans one, that those are unnatural passions. Um, I, I think there's more evidence that that's wrong uh, than, than in clear evidence, as opposed to Paul said that one thing that, that time I got you. about women having authority. And we don't even really know what that authority means. Is that eldership authority? Um, well, I, I, th- I would say this. I think you could make a very and, – and I think you agree with this because you said it earlier. I think you could make a very airtight argument from Scripture uh, based on the pastoral epistles and, and plenty of other evidence that uh, it is not the New Testament pattern or teaching that women should be elders, that, that oh, women yeah, should have yeah. the highest position of authority in the church. Um, and, and again, we we both agree on that. I, I'll say this. I, I'll, I'll I'll throw in a little nuance here that I think some of my complementarian brothers might not agree with. Uh, if you look at Ephesians four eleven, it says that Jesus gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, and shepherds and teachers to the church to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. I don't see any reason whatsoever that a woman cannot have the gift of shepherding any more than Philip's daughters had the gift of prophecy, which Mm -hmm. I believe they did, according to, I think it's Acts 21. So I think there can be female pastors. The only issue I would have, and and even if I was in in Dan's church and a woman was being hired as an associate pastor, the only issue I would have personally with, uh, you know, relative to what the word says, is if that woman was given a uh, authoritative Role over men. That, would, that's I would, where I have. I would, I would agree with that. I, I, I do. Yeah, think Sam, that, similar. And, and and my view on this is kind of uh, comprehensive. I do think that male headship. Um, the way I understand scripture is that if you read Genesis three, um, that the woman's going to have desire for her husband. The woman's going to want to control her husband. Um. And it says, and he will rule over you. And so the, the husband is going to want to dominate the wife. And to correct the, the stain of sin on, the, on our humanity, Jesus comes along and, and, and Paul comes along and they teach something different. So instead of you, woman, trying to control your husband, you, you need to submit mm. because that is how you're going to express the grace of God. And man and husband, instead of you trying to dominate your wife, no, now you have to love your wife like Christ loved the church. And, exactly. And so I think those roles are there because they are um, examples of how the grace of God um, conquers sin in our daily lives. And, and it's a, and that, that pattern is there for a reason. Um, and, and I think it's there in the church as well. But at the, and so I don't think that woman passion would be a something that's normal. That it's, but I think it just like in the Old Testament, you had one female judge, you had Deborah. You know, but there are a few prophetesses. Um, but I think that that's the reason for the role. It's because women need to submit uh, uh, to counteract that natural instinct. 
to rebel against men, and men need to love to counteract that natural instinct to dominate. To dominate, yeah. Hmm. And, and that is how we love each other in a Christ-like manner. Um, and that and that goes into my to my kind of theology of church as well. Um, and I don't I don't think a woman pastor should have that kind of authority uh, because I think it goes against that pattern of uh, of how. Jesus wants us to behave with each other just in deference to what he's done on the cross. Absolutely. And, you know, in a few minutes, we're going to talk about a, uh, a church situation led by domineering leadership. Mm-hmm. And so and so, I, I just want to say this. I'm a strong complementary and believe in uh, what you said, what you described as male headship. Obviously, I believe in male leadership in the church. I realize that makes us, uh, which I think we all believe in that, that makes us minorities in the church. Uh, I just want to say we're basing that belief on the Word, and the Word calls in every situation where the Word it emphasizes male leadership, which is male leadership in the church and male leadership in the home. It is always a serving, sacrificial type of leadership. Mm-hmm. It is never domineering. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is never heavy-handed. It's always gentle, always loving, always sacrificial. Um, r- real quickly, um, Gavin Ortland wrote an article, uh, Four Dangers for Complementarians, which I think on the on the uh, gospelcoalition.org blog. I'm not going to summarize, you know, read it or, or whatever, but he says these are the four dangers that complementarians, people that believe different roles for women and men and women in the home and in the church, can fall into. Number one, stereotyping gender roles, and I think that's true. I don't think the Bible defines uh, roles quite as well as some complementarians do, and so that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Number two, failing to clearly distinguish between complementarianism and patriarchalism, in other words, kind of a, a man-dominant kind of thing. Number three, defending complementarianism zealously, but failing to live it out beautifully. And I think that's probably the chief way we fail, by not loving and serving our wives like Christ loves the church. Uh, It's easy to advocate that position. It's much more difficult to live it out. And finally, number four, failing to celebrate the contribution and ministry of women. That's good. Uh, yes, I, I would agree with those. I would That's agree good. with those. I am the look. I'm the like I said. I'm the feminist and all this. Not hold on. You're not really a feminist, but you're probably uh, you probably more towards the middle. I think I think you're very clearly. I, a I jokingly look. I, I jokingly say that because when I look when I came when I came here, I we really had struggled with um, some what came to find out later were manipulative male dominant leadership and so you know i knew for for me and my household you know i had a responsibility to do certain things a certain way but i just you know whenever guys went no women can't do anything i i, I was kind of like who do you think why are you so special mm-hmm. and in what what by god's grace he finally showed me the guys went no 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 look we're not it's not that we are anything special. It's God created an order for a reason, yeah. and we're submitting to that order. Yeah. Because in what you see is in different guys' lives, in different situations, you know, and it's not that any, please please hear me saying that it's not any of the hollow dogma pastors' wives here are, are these kind of rebellious, you know, women. That's not what I'm saying. But in each one of the guys' lives, they've had to go, hey, there's situations where, 
I could do this or I, I could, you know, fall victim to this type of personality or, or whatever. And um, they've had to work through that leadership through serving that lead. And, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you know, I went, okay. And, it, and it's just further realization to me about how far the devil, a deceiver, has has won over in our world that God loving, God fearing men don't think it's they're the ones with the primary responsibility for leadership, yeah. and so it, it's by God's grace that that that's changed in my own life. Um, but it it still creeps up whenever yeah. guys start to look like they're going macho, you know. And it's because of the way it comes across. It comes across yeah. as I'm in charge because I'm a man. And the truth is, no, you, you've got this role because you're a sinner, <laughs> you know. Wow. And, the, and the reason women submit are not because they're lower; it's because they're sinners. And this is how God has chosen to deal with our sin. It's part of it, you know. But both, but both genders are but sinners. Both people, and there's both. We both have consequences and, to our. And when you explain it like that, you know. Uh, to people, I think it's better than, well, I'm in this position because I'm a man. No, you're in this position because that's what Jesus puts you because you're a sinner. Hmm. You know, and that's how you're dealing with your sin. Yeah. You know, by submitting to Christ and loving your wife because you don't want to do either. I don't want to submit to Christ or love my wife. You know, I want to do what I want to do at the expense of Christ and my wife. Yeah. That's, look, you know, that's, that's an honest statement that's very, look, there, you know, there's plenty of times I want to hang out with the guys until. 10, go home, enjoy being married, get up, go to work, make my money, you know, hey, that's true. And it's yeah. – um, And I, that's not – the Bible doesn't allow that. But no. If you're a husband and you use the Bible to justify getting your way or being a donkey's behind, then you are clueless and you little understand the Word of God and you need to get into it until you do understand it because mm-hmm. the Bible makes no allowance for that kind of leadership in the church or in the home. Yeah, there, there's a video by Chandler. I'll try to – I sound like a Chandler fanboy tonight, but I'll try to post – um, in, the, in the show notes of this, but but he's talking about how, um, you know, men who talk about needing a break or needing a vacation, he just wants to smack them. He said, because our role is, you know, we're warrior-minded. We are action-driven. He said, you should get to the end of your day and go, I've got no other choice than to fall into bed and sleep yeah. until – he said, you should get up and work. He said, you should drive home and you should need to pray for Jesus' help for the time and energy you're going to give your family. And he should, you should love on your kids. And when they go to bed, you should love on your wife. And he said, there should be nothing left for what would cause guys yeah. the most trouble after their wives go to bed if they're staying up, men. Yeah. You know, because you, you loved and served Jesus and your family so much that day through work, through time together, that you're done at the end of the day. And that... Yeah, I, I often think that people who say stuff like that are, are overselling it a little bit. I understand what he's trying to say. He's like, stop being a wimp. Uh, but Jesus took breaks. There were times when he I got away. Now, Look, he I get that. And he wasn't even married and he needed a break. So, so imagine, you know, what I so think there were times he – I understand his overall yeah. point. But there's times when, you know – well, I need a break. At resting is good, and a Sabbath is good. I think yeah. what Chandler is saying is yeah, Chandler, I understand his yeah, overall yeah. point. Yeah, we, we need to serve right? yeah. and not yeah. be served. Look, I'm taking a break this week. I'm taking the week off work, and after I edit the show tomorrow, deuces, I will see y'all next next Sunday. Um, I'm, I'm down with that. I, but yeah. I see these guys that come home and 
they and their wife both work full-time jobs, yeah. but he's going to sit in the recliner and watch football tomorrow night, and she can bring him a beer while she Rub gets his the, feet while he preaches the King yeah, James. He doesn't have, look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice callback. If you're not in the Hall of Dogma, that just went over your head. Yeah, but, sorry. You, and you, and you missed but it. But it was a well-aimed <laughs> shot. That was beautiful. Um, that's good stuff. Yeah, so. and, and, I've, and just to wrap this up, I've got a, a friend of mine who uh, who has not been the best husband, and part of it is – because he upset that he didn't get his way. Mm. And I'm like, dude, like, who told you marriage is about you getting your way? Yeah, look, it if ain't. you wanted to get your way, I could have saved you a lot of trouble and told you, like, look, it ain't happening. You know. Where is he on the scale? Is he higher than a five? Who, him? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he's higher than I love okay. that we've talked <laughs> Emmanuel into mating his real male friends on the one to ten. He's, he's higher than the five, and he makes good money, so that puts him up there, too. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, the money bump. Yeah, that'll... Yeah, that, he, that bumps you up. He needs help. the word to humble him, then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> may, um, may it happen. I love... You know what? I, I love what technology has done for the one to ten scale, because for guys, it has destroyed it. Oh, Because, yes. look, you've got, you've got these... Mark Zuckerberg. All right. That dude is like a three. No, he's not that bad. All right, that's fine. Um, you've, but you've got these pocket protector, you know. Oh, now if you're just just being a nerd, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm thinking Big Bang Theory. I really am. Like, yeah. you've got Leonard on that show, and in the first episode, he's like, "Our kids will be smart and beautiful." If if it's not for money and prestige for, that comes with these Googles and Facebooks, yeah. these guys do not get the women they get. God always gives us something else to help us. <laughs> So I mean, I've always, By his grace. I've always considered myself an average guy, seven, eight. You know, you sound like David more and more. But I can talk. I've always been good at talking to women. That's okay, and that, and that helps me on the scale. Okay, you know. So is your strategy to make them feel either connected to when you? When I was or- single, I would say if you gave me five minutes, I could get you. <laughs> five minutes. If I can have a five minute conversation with a woman, she's pretty much done. Wow. Um, but what strategy was it? Was it the lifting them up? Was it the comedy? Like, what was your shtick? First, I just made it my business to know anything that a woman would need to know. So, like, if you wanted to, if she was, if she was into ballet, I could talk ballet because women are real big on chemistry. They like, mm. they think chemistry is like really important in a relationship. It's not. <laughs> Because guys, guys who know what they're doing can fake chemistry. Yeah. So if she wanted to talk ballet, I could talk ballet. I knew some French terms. If she wanted to talk, you know, whatever she wanted to talk about, I could go there. That's awesome. Emmanuel, I don't know if we, as a group, gave you permission to uh, release some of our male <laughs> secrets there, buddy. I know. I, we're we're going to be in a little bit of hot weather with this. Treason. Uh, yeah, that it's is close. treason. It's close. Sorry. Right. Don't, of course, don't it's treason it that I want my teenage daughters to know. So, you know, it's, well, yeah. you know, once they listen, maybe, but. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, that's, that's that's the thing is will they listen? Yeah, because you you know you're old you don't know anything about guys you just happen to be one, um, which is yes. our, which, which is a male advantage uh, for us God. against women of all ages, <laughs> because society tells women that they're smarter than us when it comes to that and they just don't know. Oh, well, it's you know, I, I've I've heard numerous comics make a living talking about how you can use whatever you want but guys do not grow up their their body yeah. just changes you know yeah jerry seinfeld has a bit where he talks about you know he's talking about this subject he says as an organization men have gotten more women than any other organization on the <laughs> it's, on the face of the planet now that's there's some things have cut into our to our share but 
you know. That's but it's wild. true. Like we've done pretty well. That's wild. Dis- despite our shortcomings. So, despite which our shortcomings. Are numerous. Oh, yeah. they are. So that speaks to the the guile of men or the graciousness of women. We'll never know. But uh, maybe a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, fellas. Well, it's time to take another hard swerve into. You noticed I was I was trying to let the mood kind of lighten yeah. before we went into this one. Well, it's good to have a light mood before we go into domineering cult teachers that are scary. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of give a, a pretty decent lead into this. What I will say is there's gonna be a um, a link to a YouTube video, tellchange.com, um, and it's uh 2014, 11, 14, uh, Faith Assembly. Uh, it'll be in the show notes, but it's a video. Um, the show notes available where? At uh, thegospelfriends.com uh, slash, I can't remember what the naming convention I have right now, but if you go to thegospelfriends.com, the first page, it'll be it'll be right there. This is episode 26. Correct. Um, Zed, no Z, although somebody Lanny Collins. In, although somebody incorrectly tweeted last week that last week was episode yeah that was my bad sorry wasn't there something to do with a tardis and there was okay another time this is the correct episode 26 yes yes um but i think the video is actually entitled surviving faith assembly and so uh, my my beautiful wife that thank god has not realized that she could do better no she already knows it she's just she knows she's she's sticking it out by the the grace of god but um it's it's a, a video that um someone who was she grew up in the church uh kind of network um it's not a church network like we think of today with um you know acts 29 church playing networks it's it's not that kind of network but um faith assembly was kind of the over covering um their church their family went to church twice twice a month because that's when the traveling preacher made his made his way around that is sweet they drove quite a distance to get there um that kind of thing and um the I don't know that the traveling preacher was this guy that you'll hear the tapes of, or you'll hear in, hear more about this in this video. But it it all kind of went back to his philosophy, and it was very much a, a word faith uh, philosophy. And what you'll hear in the video is you'll hear this, this gentleman, um, uh, can't remember his first name, Mister Wilson, tell um, about one of his siblings that uh, died during during childbirth. And um, what you what you start to find out about this is that. Um, you know the the family uh, couldn't go to doctors before the pregnancy, and and they couldn't have called a doctor during pregnancy when things started going wrong because it was very much a word faith. Um, you had to have faith to believe, and and he hints at um, finances month to month, financial planning for retirement or college. None of those things were allowed. Um, don't have homeowners insurance. Don't have um, car insurance. Obviously, there's some legality the car insurance and things like that but you know it, it was very much all all word faith and um you know he he was part of this my wife was part of this and she she sent it to me she's you know i've heard a lot of their stories um i've i've been i've known their family for for years now and um my would have been father-in-law he passed away before my wife and actually i actually got married but um you know my fa- my wife's family's kind of uh, <coughs> Thoughts on it were largely rooted in his his commitment to this gentleman's um, ways of thinking, ways of life. But um, just kind of wanted to, to throw out the word faith thing as, as a as a point of discussion. You know, you'll have this video to see. Um, but this it's just kind of an extreme form. It is. It is. And so, faith, yeah, uh, fairly domineering, uh, way down the scale, the spectrum. Yeah, uh, you know, some some real brief stories. Um, 
you know, my mother-in-law, um, she, she got a spider bite, um, at one point during, during my wife's life, um, and, uh, could not seek medical treatment and, um, got in, you know, poisoned, got infected. Um, my mother-in-law very realistically could have, could have lost her leg by the grace of God. She didn't. Um, my wife actually has a story similar to this gentleman you'll see in this video. Um, my, my wife has multiple siblings, but they should have had one more sibling. And, um, one of my sister-in-laws was a twin and, and her twin actually died during childbirth. Um, there was a long space between the two births. Um, and, uh, I think, I th- if I remember correctly, the second twin was born breech and it is what he talks about in this video. Had they been in the hospital, um, it would have never, never been an issue. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not going to touch the, the home birth midwife thing. Cause I don't remember circumstances and he doesn't mention it in this video. I, that's that's not what I'm talking about. The bigger about. issue is they discourage any sort of outsiders. That's or exactly right. Or in, any sort of intervention whatsoever. Yeah, it's, it's all faith. And I've struggled with this. It, and I admittedly, um, you know, all jokes aside about reformed or or not, this is one of the things that makes the word the the reformed camp. I struggle with it because this gentleman was. Cuckoo reformed, Hyper, not hyper reformed, yes, hyper Calvinist, hyper Calvinist. Yes. and um, you know these two things were just inseparable. God's God's ability, but what's what's funny is where the reformed, it's a salvation issue. Um, f- you know he could they could still claim miracles of their own volition um, outside of maybe what God's. I don't know. It's just it was a tough. It's a tough line for me to understand. All right, so with with that kind of said, I, I will play the video, um, the audio over here. It's about four minutes, um, and so take a listen to this, and you can hear this guy's story. Um, and there's some other visuals and things that um, that the video will help flesh out for you, and um, we'll come back and talk about it. The Bible says we walk by faith. You see, faith never sees what I the world that sees. infirmity and the pain. I command it to loose you right this moment. Faith never relies on the evidence of the senses. All right, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over the infirm spirit. Faith never listens to the vain reasonings of the mind, because the mind always says impossible. According to the King and the Lord of all, Jesus Christ. Amen. And the word of the Lord. Do you in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke Jesus this name. infirm spirit. In the name of Jesus, I command it out guy on Facebook who said he was getting rid of him, and I said, hey, I'll take him. So I've been listening to him. Let's see what... No income. And, it's uh, been definitely a little surreal, and like, and sort of had the sense of like, wow, I remember things that were a little crazy, but I didn't remember they were this crazy. Money hasn't come to the 30th, and they're trying this faith walk, and haven't discovered that faith isn't trying. It's just believing. But instead of but the tapes, I guess the tapes were a way of life, really. The tapes did a couple of different things. Sometimes, like, it's punishment. I might have to listen to, to a tape. Uh, sometimes as a reward, I might get to listen to a tape. Matthew 6.33. I just didn't know any better than to believe God. And he supplied, he supplied the food, the clothes. So Hobart Freeman was the one that brought the face message. You know, we all go through our search, like, what is, what's out there? What's the meaning of life? That, well, here's the guy that had all the answers. He walks by faith. That means he trusts God for everything. 
doesn't worry about finances. Uh, going to college was discouraged. Uh, pretty much any planning for the future, like any financial planning, uh, buying insurance for houses, um, putting your kids through college, uh, that sort of thing was all discouraged. You just trust God for everything. If a kid got sick, uh, you probably didn't even have a family doctor anymore. You'd stop going. The only thing you would do is pray. People would pray, and it didn't work. Um, so the church taught that that was because they had a lack of faith. They didn't. They didn't believe enough. Yeah, I mean that's that's the clock. Kids die. I mean, we, I can tell you, you know, firsthand that that happens. Um, my mom was pregnant, and, and you know, we'd feel the baby kick and, and stuff like that. And uh, the kids were always born at home. Me and my siblings were all off at the um, when it was time for the baby to come. We were off at, at the nice. The baby's been born, and we're on our way back with the nice and the station wagon. Me and my brother and sister are all talking about you know who's going to hold the baby first, and about, you know arguing about that that sort of thing like kids do. And we're all excited to meet the new sibling. And we get there, and we're told that uh, Joseph Michael went to be with Jesus, and that that means died so from what I understand two hours before uh, death was was kicking you know alive but uh, at some point the umbilical cord wrapped around the neck and was born uh, strangled dead um, and that's something at a hospital just you know would be a routine uh, delivery and you know, we'd be alive today so there's six of us today instead of seven um, yeah so that would have been my brother Joseph Michael Wilson and the devil will do all he can to get your eyes off the Word of God onto your problem. He'll often use others to help you be defeated. Sometimes you're married to them, your family, your friends, Job's friends, well-meaning church members. So you have to stay away from people when you're going through a trial. I think it like the experience for me, and probably I can speak for most kids that were raised in it, you have like deeply ingrained in you like to not trust anyone else because you have this like sense that like we're the only ones and we can't trust the rest of the world I think that's one of the legacies of Faith Assembly and I wish I could describe that in better words because I almost feel like I'm understating it All right, so that, that's part of that video. We kind of edited a little bit of it for time, but um, interesting interesting story there, interesting you know, story from my, my wife's kind of upbringing. What do you guys think? I'll, I'll throw it to Chase this time first. Gosh, it, it, it's tragic to be in a situation like this with hyper-controlling leadership, with doctrine that is just way out of whack. Some of what he said is true. You know, we do need faith. The church in America in particular, we need to walk in more faith, and the Word calls us to more faith. But this is so bent and twisted Mm -hmm. and isolationist and and such. It's just some of it is cringeworthy. I'll say this. Nobody... Nobody thinks they're the bad guy. Nobody thinks they've (laughs) tossed in with the bad guys. Nobody out there listening thinks they're in a cult right now or or in a a terrible situation. Uh, You know, you've seen the video of – 
uh, I think it was a sketch comedy. I don't remember which guys did it, but it's a couple of Germans, uh, soldiers dressed with Nazi regalia and skulls and stuff on their uniforms. And one of them looks at it and they look at the other guy and they're like, huh, you don't think we're the bad guys, do you? Wow. Which, yeah. I mean, they are the bad guys. And, and uh, you don't think that when you're in the midst of it. So I would say this. How are two ways you can know? You're in a situation like this, or you're a person like this. You're overdoing it in some area. You've left the bounds of Mm. Scripture, or you're in a group that's overdoing it. They've left the bounds of Scripture, and it's become abusive. Well, number one is you get in the Word, and you measure everything you're doing, everything that, 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 that you're hearing and you're being taught by the Word. And number two, you start to pay attention to the people around you. Because if you're this kind of person, if you're hyper in some area, like this is a hyper-word faith, hyper-reformed, way too far. It, maybe you're not a cult leader, but maybe you're overly reformed. You're overly arrogant. You're overly charismatic. You're overly bad. You know, whatever. People have been trying to tell you that for years in jokes and subtle hints, and you're not listening because you don't necessarily want to hear it. But start listening to people and listening to their jokes and then go to the Word and measure the group you're in, measure yourself by that kind of hinted accountability and the authority of the word. Because I'm quite sure there's going to be people listening to this that are not in the Hobart Freeman group because he's gone, but in a group like that. Or they're overbearing like that and they don't realize it. Um, Measure yourself by the word. Listen to your close friends. Yeah, and and, and the the webpage calls this this thing a cult and (laughs) – I always struggle, like, well, what's a cult? You know, and usually my, my short definition is, you know, what do they do with Jesus? Who is Jesus to them? You know, Great answer. By what they say, but also, but also how they behave. Um, and so I don't know what this, these, this particular group did with Jesus. Um, but it sounds like they were really trying to obey Scripture. But like you said, they were, real, they were narrow uh, in, in their assessment of certain things and they were hyper in other things and they would just, you know, probably, you know, heard a lot of topical sermons and, uh, and got led astray. <laughs> uh, but dude, no, seriously, I mean, you know, cause one of the things that when, when you get word of faith guys, that's all they talk about is faith. That's true. They yeah. don't really veer off the, uh, you know, they don't really veer off the reservation too much. It's just faith all the time. Not going to uh, talk about suffering, humility, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And so, you know, I think read your Bible. I've got a friend of mine. Actually, it's one of my close friends who is in. Uh, I, I would consider it. I, I don't know if it rises to the level of cult, but it's close. Um, they do believe in Jesus, but they're they're Judaizers. They 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 think that you've got to become Jewish to be to be a to be a Christian. So they're really like literal Judaizers. They they. They he has a list of dietary laws from Leviticus that he has to follow. Have they read Galatians? Uh, apparently not. That's, that's, they um, they do they meet on Saturday. They they keep the Sabbath. They also keep all the other feast. The, the, I'm okay the, with that. Like, well, um, I mean, it's a lot yeah. of good food time. Unless you <laughs> I probably think, wouldn't like the food, though, would I? Unless you think it's the thing that's going to save you, right? Yeah, I don't know, and I don't know that they think it'll save you, but they think you're supposed to do it, mm. and you know. Uh, they, uh, I think they think that baptism saves you. Um, 
they they do not believe in the Holy Spirit as as a as a person of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think they believe more along the lines of Muslims and that the Holy Spirit is the angel Gabriel. Um, so they're they're not Trinitarian, which I actually think that you cannot be Trinitarian and go to heaven. I know people think that's controversial, um, but I think that more, more than likely you need Jesus in the right place. Um, but uh, so they're they're wrong on that. Um, just a lot of stuff that he's, you know, so that he's doing and I, and, and part of me wanted to correct him and got, and, and I believe the Holy Spirit was telling me, no, if you correct him, you'll crush him because hmm. he's never really been excited about the things of God anyway. And now he's like, he wants to read his Bible. He wants to, Interesting. and I think that he'll come out of it on his own, you know, um, because it really has been helpful for him because who doesn't love law? Um, you know, well, yeah, and it's, it's going to make grace so amazing when he realized that he's been wasting his life not eating bacon. Or the law can be a schoolmaster. Yeah, has Ray come from? And I think say. he needs a schoolmaster in, in this sense because he's, he's he doesn't come from a re- religious background right. and that kind of thing. So, huh? That's, um, that's a f- but it's not dangerous. You know, it's there's no there's, he still go they'll they'll go to the doctor and all that kind of stuff. Right. But it's just unnecessary. Yeah, it's like. Like you know, I'm so I'm at his church, which was a four hour meeting, by the way, and Crikey. and this guy's talking all this stuff, and he, you know, if you're if you're a preacher, uh, worships on Sunday, he's a false prophet. If your preacher celebrates Christmas, he's a false prophet. Um, and I, you know, if you if your preacher has you eating pork, you're, he's a false prophet. And I'm sitting there, this guy's got on like a rayon shirt and cotton jeans. And I'm like, wow, because you can't do that. It, no, well, he doesn't, well, see, this is his thing. He he doesn't. He's well meaning, but he doesn't understand scripture uh-huh. because he doesn't know enough about scripture to know that he's wrong. Because he'd see, he know that if you start trying to keep the law, you got to keep all of it. Yeah, you can't just yeah. you can't just say, well, we're just going to keep the dietary laws and Sabbath and and holy days and feast and festival and feast days. But I'm going to wear what I want to, and you know, and if my boss calls me in to work on Saturday, I'm going to go in. I'm like, no, no, no. If you keep back then, there was no going in. You know, Sabbath was Sabbath. It was a life or death, you know, yeah. deal. So he's just misguided. Mm. Um and which which is what I think this guy is. Uh this uh Hobart guy. Yeah, Hobart. I don't think that he was malicious. I think he was misguided and he hurt a lot of people. Um and so if if you're in a situation where you don't think that Jesus is being glorified and where you're at, then you're, you you need to to uh you need to reevaluate your situation. Good word. And uh, give you an example from my own family. Um, and I don't know what kind of church it was, whatever, but this happened in, in, in Alabama. And my family members, somebody had a baby, baby got sick. Did they take the baby to the doctor? No. They had faith they, and they kept believing God's going to heal the baby. God's going to heal the baby. We have faith. We have faith. God's going to heal the baby. And the baby died and they were shocked. Gosh. And they were like, but we had faith, you know, or maybe we just didn't have enough. And it's like, no, that was not faith. That was foolish presumption. And, you know, and Paul talks about it in Romans 2 uh, in a different context. But like, do you, pres- you know, do you presume on the riches of his kindness? Mm-hmm. Like, don't be presumptuous about the grace of God because hmm. you don't really know when he's going to be gracious. He shows mercy to who he shows mercy to. And uh, you don't get to pick and choose when it's going to happen. God does. And so, you know, I, I do believe in stepping out on faith, but that faith is, uh, 
not based on what one man is telling you. It's based on what the Holy Spirit is telling you. Uh, and that's why you test the spirits, as Paul said, yeah. to see if they're from God. Because every voice you hear is not from God, whether it be a preacher or a teacher, uh, your pastor. That doesn't necessarily mean that everything he says is gospel. That's why you study for yourself um, so you don't get roped in to, uh, to um, being hype or anything. Yeah, I, I never, I never have gotten to listen to any of his tapes in the in the video. This guy talks about this gentleman's tape ministry, and I'm I'm pretty sure um, there are probably still some floating around um, that I could I could find from some of my wife's family's friends. But <clears throat> I don't know if I want to. I'm afraid it would make me want to punch a wall. But the thing about this that's troubling to me, and I've and I've um, a couple of when we were doing the other show before this one, uh, Faith Today, um, we were talking about. Um, we got on a conversation about um, Westboro, and um, I've kind of followed that as much as I could without, again, wanting to punch a wall. Um, and I've seen in in recent times some of the members there that have left the faith or after the church kind of has left popularity, quote unquote, big air quotes around the word popularity. Talk about they were just scared when they they were scared of judgment. And they were just doing anything they could to go, Jesus, I'm not like them, and point at anybody else. And you get so wrapped up in this culture that you don't feel like you have anywhere else to go. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this guy hinted at it, but my, but my wife has mentioned the cult part of this came in that they didn't, they didn't spend time with her family. Mm-hmm. Um, they they didn't they hadn't seen at one point they hadn't seen them consistently in years, and they didn't feel like my wife and mother or my wife's mother uh, my mother in law my wife's mom she could have left but what she where she, where is a woman going to go when she's five states away from her family mm-hmm. and she's got nine kids and her entire community she's she's encouraged to not she has no marketable skills she has none and, and so it creates a system where even if the family wanted to leave they'd be okay because they had the dude but yeah. in 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 my wife's family's case you know what's my mother-in-law going to do with not, and, and so yeah they, they create yeah they create need yeah. by isolating you and i don't know if all that came down from this dude or if yeah. this dude's quote-unquote disciples i'm not sure where all that well, goes if but that's one guy who's here. like that somebody's bound to take it to another level yeah yeah um you know i it's funny because the complementarian um egalitarian thing this my wife's experience fed a lot of this but my wife's dad would have been very compliment extreme complementarian i've talked about that mm-hmm. but there's a family that we're still friends with my you know the children um my, one of my uh, our good friends uh, the, the the husband of that family is it came from one of these churches and his mother was very not complementarian and his dad was a God-fearing, God-believing man, but she was very strong-willed. <laughs> and so, you know, they were actually at odds a lot. They they tussled a lot because my overly complimentarian would have been father-in-law and this, this lady, um, they tussled a lot. But they were part of the same fellowship. And so mm. there was a lot of stuff that was let go and not called out 
as long as you did the the big things that looked right. And that's what's so scary to me. Nothing attacks the the biblical teaching of complementarianism more than people who overdo it yeah. or, or, or who, who are supporters, in other words, but that take it too far, that, that uh, again, prop up male headship for their own benefit. It's, it's like mm-hmm. a... You know, that's the best way to undermine the biblical teaching on that is to take it and run with it to your own advantage and yeah. own benefit. Uh, th- that's worth – you know, that, that's worse than 100 Rachel Held Evans's railing against you on a blog, uh, just doing it poorly and doing it selfishly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step over. No, go ahead. Well, I was, gonna, I was about to wrap it up with a paragraph, but I'll let you – no, I was just going to say one of, one of the things in, in these kind of, especially in places like uh, Nigeria, where I think a lot of the churches are cultish and are preying on people. And are not, are you know, and I don't think this situation was like that as far as I think this guy legitimately believed what he believed. But who's, I'll confirm that for you. Who's benefiting? Yeah. You know, so if you're looking and, and I heard somebody say this and they were talking about some word of faith, faith preachers like they're the only one driving the <laughs> driving the Rolls Royce. Mm, you yeah. know, so so is it just because they got more faith than you, or is it because they got more money than you? That's <laughs> like pyramid marketing. Yeah, yeah, who's benefiting? And that's it, it, you know to to speak to some degree of credit, there was an emphasis on modest living, and so yeah. this this guy didn't drive a Rolls by any means. But yeah, um, I'll read this. And this is from a Wikipedia article about his passing. But it said Freeman died at a Shoe Lake home of bronchial pneumonia, congestive heart failure, complicated by ulcerated gangrenous leg which in the weeks preceding had forced him to preach sitting down he had refused all medical help even to the removal of bandages so his leg could be cleaned previously in faith for healing freeman had said that to claim healing for our, for the body and then to continue to take medicine is not following our faith with corresponding action when genuine faith is present it is alone will be sufficient for it to take the place of medicines and other aids. Yeah. Freeman's death was not reported for at least 13 hours due to an all-night prayer vigil for his resurrection. Wow. He was buried in a pine box with no public viewing and no graveside or memorial service. For many months afterwards, his wife left his suit over the end of the bed, expecting him to walk, one day walk in and have need of it. So, yeah, and I can, I'm not going to say I admire that, but he – yeah. I can kind of respect somebody who actually believes what you believe, even if it's yeah. wrong. Uh, you know, I, I think he believed in Jesus enough that he th- he just thought that he was that you know he was invincible. Um, like I said, he was misguided. It's immature. It's, it's immature. Have faith. It's, Pray for the sick, uh, but don't eschew medicine. Don't yeah. overdo it. That's I mean, a gift good from God is well. issue. Well, yeah. I've, yeah. I've told you this before. There was a time we had not been here long, but I was in a meeting. And and I left. My son was was having breathing trouble, and 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 we left. And the conventional wisdom was go straight to the emergency room. And and I still regret not because I was I was sitting in a meeting with with the four elders of Agape and a couple other God loving God fearing men. And, and I, I wish I would have had least bring him here first to at least pray for him. It yeah. wouldn't have stopped me from going to the emergency yeah. room, but. I don't want to use the term I robbed God of a miracle because that's the most arrogant statement I could make in a couple of years. But, it, you know, I, I didn't – there was no opportunity for God to, yeah. to move because, because, of, because of my lack of faith. And, and stuff like this challenges that. But mm-hmm. it doesn't mean I wasn't ever going to the hospital. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. 
Look, yeah. we work this kind of thing out in fear and trembling b- because there, there's two different sides of the road that we can run into a rut. And, and Christian, be mature. Don't don't go to the left or to the right. Don't overemphasize faith healing and exclude all doctors. And don't turn first and foremost to the medicine cabinet to heal Amen. every small ill. Turn to the Lord who is the great physician first. Yeah, And, and by definition, miracles are miracles because – they don't happen often. Yeah. If they happened yeah. every time somebody got sick, they got miraculously healed, then you wouldn't call it a miracle. Amen. You'd call it Thursday. <laughs> you well know? spoken. Uh, so. I will, I will do, I, you know, gently, um, if you know, kind of speaking to Emmanuel's um, story, if you know somebody in a situation like this, I actually really like his, his advice because th- that truth will crush him. Um, I remember long after my, my would-have-been father-in-law had passed away, I saw flashes of this. Um, one of my sister-in-laws took a took a fall, and I remember my mother-in-law saying, "Praise the Lord!" as she went to tend to her. Mm-hmm. And that's a faith that I can't I can't understand. But but with that faith, that faith came at a, a cost, and and love on the people. Um, if you see someone in a situation like this, you're not gonna win. You're you're not. If you, I've tried to um, I've tried to to toe to toe somebody that that still in a community similar to this, not to this degree, you're not going to win by toe-in-to-toe with them. You're going to win by by love and, and, and the relationship. It, yeah. In the gospel, exactly. And in, in, I was it, getting there. Come on. Um, yeah, but, but it, it's very hard not to play uh, uh, theology uh, police. But you will not win. No. And, and, you, just, and you'll do more damage than in, yes. in, in, in some cases. Um you know, and now if somebody's willing to listen, that's one thing. But just you know, if I were to ram correct doctrine down my friend's throat, yeah, um, he probably just wouldn't have any doctrine. Yeah, either he's just going to go deeper into the error, or he's just going to be done with it. Yeah, like every time I try to worship God, somebody corrects me. Mm. Yeah, you know, so. Takes great wisdom. Well, guys, we are getting towards the end of the show. If we keep going further, David McConnell himself is going to make fun of us for long-windedness. So, oh, look, he's going to find a way anyway. Did, did he, he preach today? He did. Or is, he, he, is he still preaching today? Is yeah, a better question. I, hey, you know what? <laughs> Last four or five messages, credit where credit's due. Excuse he's, me. Uh, he's not as long-winded as he used to be. Yeah, he's, he's tight. He's, he's cut his sermons down uh, by uh, limiting the number of points. So instead of his normal uh, twenty-five point sermon, he's he's trying to do just one. Yeah. So that's why it's thirty minutes instead of, you know. Well, whatever it is, it's good. One of the few people in this world who could make that joke and not get rebuked. By exactly. Yes, that's a good thing. Well, I tell you what, how, guys. How about we punt some of the listener feedback to next week? Even though we had some great stuff from Chris Suskin, Rob Johnson. Uh, from Dan, from Daniel, Special Delivery Ward, John Lorbacher, Samuel the Doctor, Lavelle, Tony Vance, uh, the Genesis to John podcast, uh, Old Paths Guide. A lot of stuff there. Uh, Jeremiah Martin. We're going to punt some of that to next week. And I, how about I clo- close with a quick story? Just one question. I've always been curious about that Genesis to John. I've seen it on. Like, so they just stop at John? Is this. And I just, think it's Genesis to John the Revelator, as in uh, Revelation. Not the Gospel of John. Exactly. I had the same question. Thanks for clearing that up. You bet. If people go to the Twitter page, 
not the Twitter, but our Twitter page. Yes. Um, they can watch some of the dialogue that happens where we correspond with folks too. Um, cause yeah. if you, if you, fo- if you just follow us, you won't get some of our at replies to people, but there are some funny discussions. Um, fun, interesting. If you want to go to the actual Twitter page, Twitter dot com slash uh, my gospel my friends. gospel friends yeah um, we have a lot of fun out. with the twitter twitter.com yeah. slash my gospel friends that yeah I, I keep up with you guys on twitter even though i'm not on twitter i, I peek in and see what's going on that's hilarious so, all right chase close us out with your story an interesting thing happened today i just want to share it briefly we were at the hall of dogma church having a meeting talking about uh, a neighborhood near us that has approximately 100 uh, kids that are and I don't. I don't want to necessarily say poor, but that that's probably the right word. At school, they would qualify for free and reduced lunch. Exactly. Yeah. So not all of them are going to go without meals the next week, but many of them are not going are, are going without basic needs. So uh, we were talking about how. What do we do? How do we reach them with the gospel? How do we bless them materially? What can we do? We're not a huge church here. We're not blessed with a, a ton of money, and that may be a good thing. Um, but but we were just having a big meeting after our our, uh, our covered dish lunch today about wh- how we can take God's love and God's gospel to these people. And so we we're going back and forth with these different ideas and thinking, you know, it's gonna it was probably gonna cost thousand twelve hundred dollars to put together kind of a care package for each one of these hundred kids. You know, we, like I said, we don't have that kind of money. What are we gonna do? And in the midst of all that conversation, and nobody was wringing their hands, we we were Not kind really. of faithfully talking about how we can fulfill this this was 230 or 227 to be exact well after normal church time exactly even as late as we can go sometimes and we'll we'll go to 1230 and then just hang out for an hour or so nobody's ever here at 220 or 230 we're all going out to lunch together usually mm-hmm. well this this couple walks in never seen them before mm-hmm. and they ask for the pastor or somebody in charge well my first thought is they're asking for money because that's usually how it goes <laughs> well oddly enough in in the midst of this conversation, they come, and I said, well, I'll talk to you, and I walk over to them. They hand me a wad of cash and a box of food and say, we missed our church today. We watched it streaming. We just wanted to bring this by and give it to y'all. I'm like, oh, are you kidding? I mean, that kind of stuff just never happens. Yeah. So that's the beginning of our fund to reach this uh, community nearby, the 100 kids. Somebody just literally in the middle of that meeting as we're discussing how we're going to do this and what God's calling us to just yeah. drives by the church building and sticks a wad of cash in my hand. That's pretty cool. Bless the Lord. I thought that would encourage y'all. Um, God is still in the business of miraculous interventions and that sort of thing. That's a good story. I'll take that one, Dan. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening to episode 26. I believe uh, young David will join us again next week. He is off partying today. Couldn't be bothered to join us. Uh, We miss him, but Emmanuel, you did a great job. The general substituting, pinch hitting. Uh, Good discussion today, guys. Folks, we will see you next week. Good night. Out. My hip ran away